Good evening, dummies. Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. Welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you tonight. What are we talking about? Wait till your father gets home. Listen, I try to ride the middle a little bit. I bring some liberal viewpoints in and I try to explain some things and I try to get people to see my side and I get yelled at. And then I go ahead and I talk about the right and I really like their policies and I like Donald Trump and all that stuff. And then I get yelled at no matter what I'm going to get yelled at. So I'm going to do some yelling tonight. The left needs uh, needs a spanking, and we're going to talk about why. Now, I'm not here to establish who did what first, who crossed what line first. I don't give a crud. What I care about is that there is one group of people who are acting somewhat civil, and then the other one are acting unabashedly like children. We're going to talk about it tonight. Stick around, folks. It's going to be a good show. All those people live, thank you. Hang tight. We're going to get to all your comments. This is twice I've done this. I did this last night. I did it tonight. I don't know what's going on. Folks, I'm sorry. Here's the intro. My apologies. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Oh, well, hey there. Welcome. We have a lot of people listening live, which is fun. It's always good to have that. Once again, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. You're the dummies. What are the dummies? Don't take offense, please. I love people, but the dummies are the Don't Unfriend Me. See, it's an acronym. These are the listeners. Whether you've listened to one or after tonight, 238, you're officially a dummy. It is a title of honor. Barstool Sports has stoolies. We have dummies. You might be wondering, Matt, look at that shirt. It's fantastic. Well, it is fantastic, and just to let you know, it's from Proper Patriot. They're going to be making my shirts. They're coming soon. I figured you'd get a little look. Go to properpatriot.com. Say hello and stop by. Free advertising is always great. To you guys, you're welcome. All right, last but not least please follow me on all of my fun social channels facebook instagram i'm over on gab i'm on rumble pretty much everywhere just go ahead and do at don't unfriend me show on google and all of them will pop up stop on by and like them all share and subscribe it keeps the lights on and god doesn't kill a puppy after all let's do episode let's see 238 tonight and we're going to get into it. You guys remember the show? Wait till your father gets, till your father gets, wait till your father gets home. You don't remember that? Well, I'm old. Are there any other words that struck dread in your heart more than those when you were younger? Oh, I remember it well. I was seven years old and I had a crush on Casey Green and Cindy Fenton. They were two girls which was okay with the times, not quite next door, but close enough who lived in my neighborhood. And I was so realistic with my capabilities. I couldn't choose just one. Well, in an act of bravado, I was in the cul-de-sac chatting away with them one day after school. And I was explaining and trying out one of my most recent learnt words that I had picked up from my father through osmosis. The word was the F word or fricken in German. I went on and on using the word over and over as a noun, a verb, an adjective, a transitive verb. You get the idea. And one is capable of using the F word to navigate an entire conversation similar to the word dude. Go look up Carlin and the F word on YouTube. It's funny. 
I remember Cindy and Casey looked at me dumbfounded and were speechless at my abhorrent behavior. I said, don't worry. My parents are okay with me talking like this. In fact, they encourage it to be honest. Of course, this was a bold-faced lie. And if my mother and father heard me talking like this, I was going to be frickin' er, in trouble. Well, a few seconds later, my sister came walking towards us and Casey called my sister over. I immediately jumped in front of Casey and said, Casey, what in the tarnations are you doing? I didn't use the word tarnations. Anyway, Casey looked right past me and said, Kelly, Matthew says he can use the F word and your parents don't care. Is this true? My sister looked at me sheepishly and said, no, why? I looked at the love of my life as my heart was about to be plucked from my chest and stepped on, and a resounding no barely escaped my lips. Casey completed the uh, the tearing and simply said, well, he has used the F word nonstop since he came over. Oh, to be young again and how fickle love can be and short-lived, I learned quickly. I have never been manhandled quite like that in my life. My mother looked like Patrick Waugh, flashing her belt hand to bounce me back into position like a hockey puck for a lashing that I never forgot. But then, in a few words, she laid out her cruel intentions for further punishment and torture. Matthew, go to your room and wait till your father gets home. The tires and soft hum of the engines were never quite as loud as when you were waiting for the motorcade of death to grace your driveway, as every headlight swept across your window shades, creating oblong patterns and haphazard movement that would torture you until the moment. The moment when the lights didn't move along out of line of sight, but grew in intensity, coupled with the sound of the engine and tires that were indeed in your driveway, headed for your impending doom as the car door slams and keys jingle. Oh, the horror. So as I reflect on the last 20 years of politics, it is easy for me to see both sides, or at least it was. Both parties have done things people should be upset with. We have a right to want to speak out against policies and results. But when it comes to behavior, there is one clear-cut child in the wrong here. And the liberals, it's time to go to your room and wait till your father gets home. Daddy has arrived. This moment has arrived, and although I pretend to tread the middle very carefully, I can no longer remain silent on the hypocrisy of not just the leftist politicians, but it's party members themselves. All you have got to be kidding me. You're tired of the harassment of Joe Biden already. That long nine months has weighed upon your delicate nature and you can't just cope with hearing the truth about his failed policy, his failed administration, administration, his sniffing, his spending, his inflation, his let's go, Brandon. Well, buckle up, sweethearts, because we have tolerated your bullshit for 50 years. You better grab a Snickers because life is about to get more hangry. Democrats actually support police. They are against mob violence. They believe in law and order. They believe in harsh punishment for rule breakers. They believe in accountability. Well, at least for the so-called insurrectionists that totaled a handful of bad actors who led a mob into the Capitol building. And how many of us actually have you heard supporting that display? Every day we condemn it, lambast those involved, and proclaim that it was indeed abhorrent. Yet you don't hear anything from the left, as tens of thousands burned our streets, destroyed businesses, harassed and pelted cops with ice bottles and fireworks, tossing bottles of urine and bricks. 
25 deaths, 2,000 law enforcement injured, 14,000 arrested, $2 billion in damages, and that is in one year. But they were mostly peaceful. Yes, just like liberals are mostly honest. But despite all of that, you have your one Rosetta Stone, your aha moment that dismisses all accountability away, January 6th. They care deeply about civility. They believe words matter. They abhor intemperate rhetoric. They are against coarse language. Fancy that. Yet you have called Melania a slut, that Melania and Donald Trump should both die so Barron can be adopted and raised by normal parents. Your celebrity prince and princesses treat us all like paupers as they talk of assassination, murdering our president, and how much they despise our country as severed heads are being held in so-called talentless hacks outstretched hands and a cast of actors stabbed the man in a black suit and red tie on stage it's also civil and above board give me a break they believe in a peaceful transition of power at least this time as opposed to 2016 now they believe in the electoral college they believe in the legitimacy of people's vote funny because all of these things were in jeopardy when trump was in office the redrawing of lines, blocking fail-safes for counting votes, planting millions of unsolicited ballots in key swing states, calling any election from that was racist and too difficult for minorities to get out because they would need a form of ID, but need one for hundreds of other daily tasks, including food stamps or government aid. But it is too much when securing our most crucial and sacred process in all the land. Gotcha. They believe in walls, at least when it comes to protecting their own place of work. They even believe in bringing in the National Guard to quell civil unrest, at least when it comes to preserving their own peace. But remember when Donald Trump and the gubernationals tried the very same thing to ensure law and order? It was a Stalin grab for martial law, and he was usurping the power of the people. They believe in guns, at least when their own safety is at risk. They revere American history and institutional norms. They honor the founding fathers. <coughs> Remember the facade after January 6th when they quoted Jefferson and Washington pulling from the annals of history when they scorched the very earth they were founded on for generations? This is what we learned while watching the Democrats in House impeach President Trump. For the second pointless time in 13 months, we learned that they, almost to a man and woman, suffer from an acute case of hypocrite-itis, where they have been the past four years with these noble ideas that conservatives have been begging them to defend. Perhaps if Democrats had not normalized and encouraged violence when organized BLM and Antifa mobs began rampaging through our cities, the tragic events of January 6th at the Capitol would not have occurred. Perhaps if Democrats had not weaponized the intelligence agencies to spy on Trump's campaign, perhaps if they had not used the Steele dossier to undermine the legitimacy of his presidency and accuse him of colluding with Russia to rig the 2016 election, perhaps if they had not hobbled his administration with a three-year Mueller investigation, perhaps more Trump voters would have been willing to accept the legitimacy of a Biden presidency. Perhaps if Dems had not already launched a spiteful partisan impeachment last year, their efforts to highlight the president's shortcomings would have fallen on fewer deaf ears this time. 19 minutes after President Trump was sworn in, the Washington Post reported, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. And you haven't stopped for one minute and would impeach him again if you only could. You did try for a third time after he was out of office already. Remember? 
Perhaps if Dems had reflected on their own culpability in the attempted assassination of Republican Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana by a Bernie Sanders supporter, their sanctimonious lectures would be slightly more credible. Perhaps if Joe Biden had not spent two years muscling up to Trump with threats like, I'd smack him in the mouth, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him, Biden's pitch for civility might be more palatable. And even if it wasn't, let's not cry about it when Republicans push back and take their own swings. You are seriously like impetuant children who tattle to mommy when things don't go your way. Just like my sister. I'm kidding, Kelly. Perhaps if Democrats had not spent the last four years calling Trump a dictator, authoritarian, Nazi, Hitler, white supremacist, anti-Semite, bigot, racist, hater, dangerous, demented, and insane, then the hyperbole they used against him might have been more effective. The Aesop's fable of the boy who cried wolf comes to mind, and Democrats and their media handmaidens have spent four years demonizing Trump using the most outlandish hyperbole their fevered imaginations could dream up. And you are all still blaming him for COVID and Afghanistan, the economy, the cages, everything. When will you ever take responsibility for anything? To be honest, when finally at the bitter end, when he behaved in a way that angered even his most loyal supporters, including me, there was nowhere left to go in the demonization department. We had heard it all before and grandma didn't care anymore. Anything to break the monotony and the doldrums of false outcomes and prophetic hogwash that never passed the smell test to begin with. Let the wolf eat us, just so we can hear and feel something different, was the decree. How was Trump to know that the Capitol would not be adequately guarded, and the mob would so easily smash their way inside? Capitol Police had been left like lambs to the slaughter, in part because the cop-hating mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, wrote to the Department of Justice the day before the protest specifically to reject federal reinforcements. The flexible morality and selective outrage of the Democrats and their media boosters is so dishonest, it makes your head spin. Yes, liberals, you have a lot to atone for. You pretend this started with Barack Obama, and I defended him many times on my personal page. I believe he was a horrid president and literally did nothing for this country except raise taxes, maintain the status quo, and do some socially strong moves for certain groups. But he sowed division between the thin blue line and America. He wielded his power like a racial cudgel. He refused to denounce Muslim extremists. He sold our integrity and character to the world and made secret deals to spy on Americans, broker under-the-table buy-offs with gun-running and Iranian clerics, and apologized to everyone for our involvement in their lives, even though every single one asked for it with their hands and wallets out around the world. This goes back even further. We can talk about the Iran-Contra hearings and ignore Fast and Furious and the pallets of cash to Iran. We can talk about the 14 federal judges to the Supreme Court that liberals torpedoed long before Republicans got to the beloved Merrick Garland, who is as crazy as a shithouse rat. We can explore Vietnam and the treatment of our troops as they were spit on and doused in fecal matter and labeled baby killers by that woke generation of degenerates that time. Schumer said it best during the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett as they left her and Justice Kavanaugh through the mud, paying for political hit jobs and leading witnesses to do anything they could to retain their ability to murder another 60 million babies. Quote, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. I would change just one word. My colleagues may regret this for a lot longer than they think. 
As he was referencing McConnell's pleading to think about their actions due to precedent, Schumer was downright threatening the majority and had every intention to once again destroy and divide this country from within. There's a very big difference. There is a smug style in American liberalism. It has been growing these past decades. It is a way of conducting politics. Predicated on the belief that America life is not divided by moral difference or policy divergence, not really, but by the failure of half the country to know what's good for them. Make no mistake, I'm not suggesting that liberals adopt a fuzzy, gentler version of their politics. I'm not suggesting they compromise their issues for the sake of playing nice. What I'm suggesting is that the battles waged by liberalism have drifted far away from their old egalitarian intentions. I'm suggesting that open disdain for the people they say they want to help has led them to stop helping those people too. I'm suggesting that liberalism resists the impulse to go beyond the necessary legal fight and explicitly delight in punishing an old foe. I'm suggesting that they instead wonder what it might be like to have little left but one's values, to wake up one day to find your whole moral order destroyed, to look around and see the representatives of a new order call you stupid and hypocritical and hick without bothering, even to wonder how your corner of your poor state found itself so alienated from them in the first fucking place. To work with people who do not share their values or their tastes, who do not live where they live or like what they like or know their good facts or their jokes. This is not a call for civility. Manners are not enough. The smug style did not arise by accident, and it cannot be abolished with a little self-reproach. So long as liberals cannot find common causes with the larger section of the American working class, they will search for reasons to justify that failure. They will resent them. They will find over and over how easy it is to justify abandoning us further. They will choose the smug style. Maybe the cycle is too deeply set already. Perhaps the divide, the disdain, the whole crack up are inevitable. But if liberal good intentions are to make a play for a better future, they cannot merely recognize the way they've come to hate their former allies. They must begin to mend the ways they lost us in the first place. This transcends politics on so many levels. I can name tit for tat identical outcomes from the right side of the aisle. And I know liberals will try after watching this, but there is a vast difference between political parties and how people treat each other. I have lived in the most liberal of cities and the most conservative of small towns. And I will tell you one vast difference. Liberals tend to scream from the rooftops and conservatives tend to whisper within their walls this direct opposite approach has created a strike first mentality and then ultimately leads to reciprocal attacks there isn't one reason for this constant division it is spread over time and has been going on for generations who drew the first sword to lop off the head of the snake on the battlefield who cares it started a war and it matters not who it matters only who will end this nonsense until then, we will continue to trade barbs and insult each other. We will create memes that are just as abhorrent as their predecessors, but with different targets. This is the way of things now. And when you take the big road, it falls on deaf ears on both sides. And I don't condone it. I probably have participated in it. But alas, we are all people with a cause, or at least we think we are. As of now, the signs and writing is on the wall. We are plummeting towards economic collapse. We saw it after the industry boom before the precipice of Vietnam, under Carter, during Bush Jr., and now Biden. 
Our ports are full of ships with goods that cannot offload. Inflation is the highest in 14 years and is about to be higher than the last 28. The left is screaming to the top of their lungs that the stock market is strong, but just told us for four years that the stock market isn't an indicator of a strong economy. Which is it? Our borders are porous, America is on the brink of civil war, and the world isn't far behind. And if you ask the elders and the scholars during the war to end all wars, they will tell you this feels very familiar. If you ask me about the time of the Cold War, I will also tell you that it has semblance of those times as well. But instead of nuclear weapons and war, it will be about food and energy and digital safekeeping. From Afghanistan to the pandemic, Trump was always responsible for every implied failure, real or imagined. The sad thing is, nothing has changed. He's still being blamed for whatever Biden refuses to take responsibility for today and tomorrow. And the left knows it. We know it. And America now knows it. Biden is a failure in every facet of his leadership, and we are paying for it at the pump in our wallets with our security, and we haven't even filed our taxes yet. Wait for the bill to hit the table for that one, folks. For now, we will do what we always do, but this time conservatives are not whispering in our corners of our homes or at church. And just like with Kavanaugh and the impeachments, we somewhere along the way learn to scream from the rooftops too. We understand that liberals want us back in our secluded confines of well-mattered Midwesterners who are a bunch of Bible-thumping idiots. And suffice it to say, we will never go there again. We will be in your face. We will swing just as hard and hit even harder because we are done being the lapdog of the leftists. You can pretend that a shift in the wealth doesn't firmly sit within the left. You can pretend your policies are lifting people out of poverty. You can also pretend that we are the true threat to America. But the truth is, you know the real story. You will obfuscate and deny and redirect, and now we will keep hitting line drives at you until you can't cope with a constant barrage because you pissed off middle America, and we are done being quiet and reserved. Now go to your rooms and wait for your father to get home. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. If tonight wasn't your special kind of show, well, you can come back tomorrow and see if it's better. 239, the Avalanche play in just a little bit. Hockey season starts. I am excited about that. But first, before I go out, I'll go out like I always do. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Please do me a favor. Reach out to veterans. 22 a day commit suicide. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, anxiety, depression are all very real. They need your help. They need your assistance. Give them this number. If you can't, give me a call. I will help. And if that doesn't work, they can go to donutfriendly.com and click on the VCL link and be connected to an operator immediately. Last but not least, it's 100% confidential. And if you are a civilian, you can call too. It's not just for veterans. They want to help people with their problems. Folks, thank you for stopping by tonight. Please do me one favor that I ask. Do me a solid. Go to at Don't Unfriend Me Show. I don't want your money. I don't want your praise. But I do want you to like, follow, and share. Because every time you do, God saves a puppy. Good night, everybody. God bless. Stick around for the after show. And I will see you, if you don't, tomorrow.